What's up, everyone? This is the Bumcast. I am your host, HBIC, the head bum in charge, along with Baloney. The Southside bum is on assignment this week, so we decided to bring in our hockey ringer, and that is Cousin John, because we have some hockey talk today. So, Cousin John, welcome back. Thanks for having me, guys. Always a pleasure. So, yes, we brought you on here because our the long national nightmare that was the Hawks coaching and front office and all that stuff it seems to officially be put to pasture because the last man standing of Jeremy Colleton has been fired. Uh, and since Bowman was no longer there to protect him, it seemed like he was inevitable, especially after that drumming that they got the other day at the hands of, uh, was it Winnipeg? Yeah, it was Winnipeg 5-1. Yeah. Yeah, I because I haven't been really watching that, you know, just catching the scoreboards. But um, yeah, so they they finally cleaned house and they got an interim head coach in there. And what do you know? The Hawks won today against the Nashville Predators in in overtime. So good times are back in on Madison, there, guys. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know how long true. those good times. Yeah, I don't know how good, <laughs> good those times are gonna last. But it's always good to see Nashville lose. I will say that. Yeah, I know 100%. we were I feel like me and John, we're both on the same page where we feel like dark days are ahead. I mean, dark days of in the past, in the front. I don't know where you guys want to start, but um, yeah, it's always good for them to uh, beat Nashville. Um, John, I'll get I'll get your thoughts here in a second, because I just wanted to say, you know, with this um, and in retrospect, you know, because with all the shit that came out with the it, investigation, everything, you know, Quinville was the eventual was a casualty of it. Um, but I, at that time, I didn't think Quinville was the reason for the Hawks woes. I think it was all just Bowman's boneheaded moves that he made. And he was a scapegoat for it. Obviously they brought in Colleton who was weighing over his head. He shouldn't have been the guy they tried to put, you know, this, this young inexperienced head coach with a bunch of mixture of veteran and uh, some young guys. But again, the moves, it was the moves that Bowman made. And it was the salary, it was the contracts that he gave out. It was the trades that he he did that just that fucked this team for for so long. So Quinville obviously was a scapegoat. I don't think he should have went. Obviously, that the, it's a moot point now because he's no longer a coach in in the NHL. Um, but I think that going forward, whatever they decide to do, I think they need another veteran coach to come in and coach this team because we don't need another young guy teaching young guys. Yeah, I, I think that's a good call. Um, I think there's just so many things that <laughs> need to be said and, and really talked about here. You know, it, it, when I found out that Bowman was released of his duties, I was at work. My, uh, my buddy, who's a, a really big hockey fan, uh, I go to pretty much like every Hawk game with him. He texted me and said, Hey, Bowman's out. He's, and I immediately thought like, wow, it's due to this really awful start that they had. Um, you know, and he's like, no, 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 like, this is something else. This is something serious. And it was really interesting because when it did happen, we really talked about like um, how it would play out, you know? And I think I even said it like on one of your casts, like earlier in the year that all these moves really felt like they were trying to create this excitement around the team. And I think they knew that impending doom was coming and whether they admitted it, you know, to us as the fans or the media or, you know, the NHL, they knew dark games were coming. They knew something was going to be released. They knew they were going to be exposed and they knew they were going to be, you know, for lack of better terms, caught. So when I, you know, found out, you know, everything that happened, I immediately ran to the report. I started reading it. I mean, it was like 107 pages or something. And I got through maybe about half of it. And Honestly, like I had to take breaks in between reading that thing because it was it was horrible. I mean, I, I can't even imagine what Kyle Beach went through. Um, and when it happened, you know, I started looking at the roster to see like who which player could have been because it was pretty like descriptive. It was like 20 year old player, uh, two way player that went, you know, back and forth between the AHL and, you know, the big league team. And, you know, it was him. And I think it was uh, there was another guy. I think I can't remember if it was Gilmore or. Um, I can't remember the other guy, but I, I basically got it down to the two. And then when he came forward and said that he was the player, um, it was just really sad. I mean, it was really sad from a, a bunch of different angles, right? Like, I think that obviously from his standpoint, it was horrendous. I mean, what an experience to really like, that's your first chance at the big leagues, you know, 
you, most of these kids too, you know, they're, they're playing peewee hockey and hockey's it's so expensive to play and start up. Their parents are dedicated parents. They're out on the, on the rink at four or five in the morning, they're traveling, um, you know, so, and this is his first experience and taste of the big, you know, the big leagues and finally playing in the NHL, realizing his dreams. And, you know, my buddy was telling me back when, you know, a couple months ago when these moves were kind of happening and also like, we were kind of like wondering if the report was coming out, he was saying, they're going to place this on McDonough. This is all going to be pushed back on McDonough, no matter what. And I said, there's no way that it's just going to be him. He can't just be the fall guy because he's out and he can't answer for himself. There had to have been other people that knew and, and, and lo and behold, you know, Bowman knew, Hugh knew, the players knew. Um, and I think it's just, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. I think it's just really sad. And, so many people failed them along the way, you know, it was the organization as a whole, you know, Gary Bettman, who's the biggest boob in hockey, he failed them. The players union failed them. It's just what a complete mess, you know, and, and this is not even talking about the hockey side of things. You know, I was, I was excited when they let him go. Cause I'm thinking, wow, they finally let him go for, um, you know, for performance. And this came out immediately after he had he just had a statement the night before saying that he would not fire Colleton, that they would have to remove him from office to basically fire Colleton, that that's his guy. So then when I heard that, and I heard he was, you know, let go the next morning, I was thinking, wow, like, the words has basically said, okay, if you think you're going to put your foot down, we are going to put our foot down too. And then it obviously was a much, much worse story. Yeah, that's the thing I wanted to mention was like, obviously, we would have celebrated Stan Bowman's resignation, like, as much as the next, we all wanted him gone, but it's tough to celebrate this, you know, like, he's not gone for on ice production and stuff like that. So yeah, I mean, I've got a list and I just put bad and good of people I just want to like, as a collective Chicago sports bums, I just want to motherfuck John McDonough. Cause he failed as the president of the Blackhawks organization, Stan Bowman, who basically just passed the buck to John McDonough failed. Al McIsaac covered this up brutally. He comes out like a total scumbag. And the worst of all, Jim Gary, the mental skills coach, basically threatening Kyle beach and telling him, if you don't shut up, you're not going to have a career, a monster. Like, like you just can't do that. And then the one that hurts the most, I think we all love Joe Quinville as a head coach of the Chicago Blackhawks. So when the report came out and then the interview came out with Kyle Beach, that interview with Kyle Beach, um, John, you sent it to me. And then that's where I, uh, I watched it. I'm kind of glad that Kyle Beach, you know, put the screws to Joe Quinville saying like, of course he knew. And of course he didn't do anything about it. Because that's the one that hurts the most as a Blackhawks fan. Obviously, those three championships were, like, awesome to us. But now, like, he's bunched in with the rest of these scumbags, and it sucks. So all of those guys I just mentioned, like, basically just a big fuck you. And then the only good that came out of this was, obviously, hopefully Kyle Beach gets some closure and starts living um, his life because he's lived through this for the last, what, decade, more than a decade? Um, Paul Vincent, yeah, Paul Vincent, the skill coach of the Blackhawks at the time, he tried to do something about it and it went to deaf ears. So that's the only good that came out of it was Paul Vincent was the only guy in the organization worth a damn that had some balls that wanted to do something about it. And then the other two guys, Nick Boynton and Brent Sopel, they were the only guys that stood up for Kyle Beach and the allegations. Everyone else was dead silent on this team. And I know a lot of it. Uh, there are a lot of people going after K's, K, uh, Tane and K. Oh my God. Kane and Taves and Kane. Out with it. <laughs> I lost it for a second. Taves and Kane. Um, that being said, they're part of that organization and they're part of that players group. Um, it's tough for me to point the fingers at them knowing what I was at 19 and 20 years old. I just don't know. I know, I know Taves was the captain at the time. And, and people were pointing the fingers at him. But you just don't know how you act in that situation. And I would like to say I have the balls to stand up to, to, for what's right and stuff like that. But as a 19 and 20-year-old in a league full of men, 
and and stuff like that. I just don't know. I don't know if I would have the 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 strength. Hopefully, I I, I have the mental fortitude to stand up for what I think is right. But you know, out of all of the people in this list, I think Taves and Kane are the last that I'm worried about because the rest of these people are are straight up scumbags. Well, here's the thing that really pisses me off. It's, I agree with you. Like, I think that it's really tough to put yourself in Taze and Kane's shoes and say, well, you should have done something. You should have done more. You were the star athletes of this organization that's in the, in the midst of winning all these Stanley cups. You should have been louder. You should have, you know, stood up for your teammate and especially Taze is, you know, captain serious, right? This is, he was the premier captain in all of sports, right? This is in all of Chicago sports, at least like that was the guy that embodied being a captain. Right. And the thing that really pisses me off, it's not what they did back then. It's how they handled it now, because not only did they fail beach back then, but they failed them again. Now the organization continued to fail him because they still are not taking ownership for, for whatever reason. You had the organization release a statement that talked about, you know, cleaning house, really building a new organization that was worth, you know, that's going to win championships in the future. Who gives a shit if, if we're winning championships in the future right now, right? That's not what we're talking about. And honestly, that was a really poor phrasing considering that they were really like just ransacked for saying, for basically like ignoring this to win a championship. The whole premise of them not bringing this up, not addressing it, not, you know, being uh, diligent about the investigation when it was happening in 2010 is that they quote unquote, didn't want to mess with the chemistry of the team. Right. So they basically valued winning championships more than they cared about people and human beings and, and their well-being and their mental well-being, their physical well-being. And then to come out and have a statement that is talking about championships all over again in a current state right after this whole report came out was ridiculous. And then you had Taze and Kane that are front and center right after the game. And I don't care if they're great interviewers. I don't care if they are great speech givers. They had to have had some prep before this happened. They knew that after the game, the media was going to ask them immediately about this. They didn't come out with any kind of like sincere apology. It was more so standing up and defending Stan Bowman as a great man, a great person and a great GM and for constructing this team for winning Stanley Cups and defending the organization uh, for being a great organization. It was really tone deaf. And and it's just, it's really disappointing that that they had a chance to say, hey, we, we didn't act back then 11 years ago when we should have, but we have a chance to say, hey, now, you know what? I I take full responsibility at that time. I didn't realize how serious the allegations were. I wanted to ignore it. I was 20 years old. I was just starting out my career. I didn't want to get involved in any kind of drama or any kind of like rumors or anything. So I kept my head down and I I worked in retrospect. I wish I would have gone back and I would have done things differently to Kyle and his family and everybody else involved. I'm really sorry. That should have been the statement, but instead to stick up for Stan Bowman, that's what, what pisses me off about those two. It's not necessarily what they did in the 20s, because we all know that Kane was a big piece of shit in his 20s. You know, he beats up cab drivers, you know, <laughs> he's he had his run-ins with like, you know, sexual assault and things like that. So we all kind of know that Patrick Kane is no saint. So that didn't surprise me as much that if he knew about it, um, you know, he didn't do anything about it. If he if I found out he fully knew about it and do anything, it wouldn't surprise me. Taze is a little bit of a letdown. <laughs> you know, I think like he said openly that he heard some of the rumors and just didn't pry and, you know, maybe should have, but, you know, hard to go back in time, but man, what, what a fumbling of this. And then, and just beyond that, again, you know, the NHL not taking full responsibility, Q lying, saying that he didn't know about it. And then the next day he, he resigns, like just, what a mess. It's just, it's such a huge like fumble in communication and, and just a huge fumble in PR. I mean, they, they should basically clean house there too. Cause man, they fucked that up. Yeah. Even when uh, Bowman had this res- resignation, like the PR re- press release was all, yeah, Bowman has resigned. We want to thank him for all of his contributions and what he did brought to this organization. And we thank him and blah, blah, blah. That, all that statement needed was, Sam Bowman has resigned as position of general manager of the Blackhawks. That's it. Yeah. Done. <laughs> Done. Yeah. I mean, you nailed it, John, you nailed it. It's been a fumbling from the beginning. 
And and it sucks because the, the the last two thing the last two points I have on this is one you mentioned it the last domino to fall has to be Gary Bettman. I mean Gary Bettman there was a report out last week that he knew about this like two years ago and still didn't do anything about it. So at at what point does that that last domino fall because he's at this point just as culpable as everyone else. And the last thing I'll say is like, it sucks. And, and we talk about like the Blackhawks championships and organization and stuff like that. It's not just about Kyle beach too. It's about, there's a high school kid in Michigan that because of the Blackhawks negligence, this happened to him. And like, as a parent, like that's what like pisses me off the most is like, it wasn't just like one person is too many because what happened to Kyle beach shouldn't happen to anybody. But because the Blackhawks were just flat out dipshits about this, more people suffered. And that's what like, it, it just can't happen. It just can't happen. Yeah. I mean, he got, he got letters of recommendation to, to, for other jobs and not, not even just like in a professional league, this was at amateur level or, or school level, right? These are kids that, that he went after. And I think the most heartbreaking thing about you know, Beach's entire interview was that he apologized and took responsibility for the 16 year old boy that was also sexually assaulted, you know, by Aldridge. And I, I think that it was just, it was so heartbreaking to hear somebody have to, like, that's the person that took responsibility. Nobody else who was really at fault took responsibility, right. but someone who was a victim and who's dealing with his own personal trauma had to stand up and be the bigger person above all of them and take this on and say, I'm sorry, this is my fault. I should have done more. And he shouldn't have. I mean, everyone internalizes trauma very differently. And when something like that happens at that level, you can't speak about what they're experiencing, what they're going through. And none of us will ever know like mentally what he went through. I mean, he talked about getting into drugs, drinking, you know, to try to just drown this out. And I, I just can't even imagine having to deal with that. And you have this, this boob and Stan Bowman that says, you know, I, I should have, I should have trusted, you know, I trusted my supervisor to do something and maybe I should have done more. No, fuck you, Bowman. And he's, he, I mean, the thing is like, we, again, we know he's a piece of shit. He fired Q like what, six games, seven games into a season right after his nephew died. You know, like this guy has no heart, no soul. So this shouldn't be a surprise to any Blackhawks fans that he did know. It's just, it's just disappointing that nobody is holding them accountable. Instead, they're, they're still holding them in these high regards instead of saying, no, this dude is a piece of shit. He knew he should have done something awful. Yeah. No, definitely, definitely a horrible situation. Um, I will, I, the one last thing I want to say before um, we transition here, and it, it sucks saying this, but and I, I think, I don't know if I said this before on the pod or not, but, you know, it took a sexual assault and a investigation to finally get change in the Blackhawks organization, which fucking sucks. And they couldn't even do it because they couldn't see what was going on with, on the on the ice to begin with and meanwhile in Hallis Hall McCaskies and all those fucktards just keep on skating along without any accountability at all so you know it's it sucks that this was the only way it could have it could happen and I, I wish that it, it we didn't need stuff like this in Chicago sports teams to make changes in the front office like you say Peter people fucking get fall up fall upwards and get promoted and yeah, it, I mean, it's it's, a, it, it's addicting in, in Chicago sports. It's failing upwards. And we talk about it all the time with, with Kenny Williams and John Garpax and everyone else. It's just like you suck long enough, you get promoted. So let me, let me ask you guys this. Does all of this change your fandom for the Blackhawks or does it make it harder to root for them? Are you able to separate? Yeah. Like this is where it's like, no, man, this is tough. It sucks because like, I love those three championships. Like some of my fondest memories with some of my closest friends, you, Jason, Fishbones, uh, Al, and everyone else. We were doing shot skis. I still have the starter jacket hanging and stuff like that. Those memories you can't take away from me, but they're tainted. I mean, they really are. Like it, it, it's, it's tough to separate one from the other at this point. Um, I'll always be a Blackhawks fan, but they're going to need to do a lot 
to you know really regain trust and not not only us but just a, a, in chicago in general you know um at this point like i don't even care about the on ice stuff you know they're, they're they stink um i think they can be better without jeremy colleton but like at this point it's just like a wash like they they really need to do something to regain um like my full fandom i'll always be a fan but it is kind of like like tainted the one thing i will say though um i feel like danny Wirtz kind of did has been doing the right thing with all of this like you could say rocky words had nothing to do with it and maybe he didn't know and stuff like that but he's kind of been for better or worse like yeah exactly so it seems like danny words is taking responsibility which is what you should do as an owner and stuff like that so i will say from from picking and choosing from rocky and danny danny seems to be doing the right thing it's tough i mean like what do you what what can they do at this point that would make any of us feel like they're moving in the right direction or, you know, being better because uh, to be honest, like everything that they've done so far has been so poorly fumbled that it just feels performative more than anything. So, you know, Xing out, you know, Brad Aldridge on the Stanley cup, like who gives a shit, like that should have been a given, yeah. but there, there, there's a big post about how they're doing it. And like, Oh, look at us. We're, we're taking action. We're crossing out his name. Well, fucking awesome. Like, Dude should be in bars and you should do everything you can like to, to put that, that asshole behind bars. So, you know, it's just like, it's all performative bullshit. Like, and it's, it's just, it's, it's all tough. Monday morning quarterbacking. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's just, here's, here's, Oh, we're doing this now because we didn't do it before. We should have done this, but we we're learning from our mistakes now. Like, well, <laughs> all right. I guess so the, the one last thing, John, to, to put a pin on you in, in your thing. Cause I don't want to take away what Kyle beach, went through but it's the vince lombardi and i know tiger woods said something similar winning cures everything if they start really like performing on ice and i'm not saying this year because it seems like it's going to take a while for them but once they put in some playoff runs and winning seasons you know we're at least i'll be back like i'm a sucker like for chicago sports so like i said it's going to take a while, but I'll be back. Like I, I'm not, I'm not tone deaf enough to know that I'm not going to. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going, uh, I'm going Tuesday because uh, oh, they're playing, go. they're playing Pittsburgh. So, you know, my wife is a Penguins fan. So we're actually going to that game, but you know, it's, it's just like, it's tough because like, I don't like nobody is nobody from that era is on that team besides Kane and Taze now, like everyone's gone. Right, yeah. So it's just like, there are a bunch of guys on that current team that I still love and I still want to root for. And, you know, it's just, it feels, it doesn't feel great <laughs> rooting for them right now, yeah. but also it's like, I'm rooting for the players. I'm not rooting for the organization, you know? So it's, right. it's, it's tough. Yeah. All right. Um, a couple quick notes here for you guys. Um, Sox, they declined Cesar Hernandez's $6 million option. So bye-bye. Good riddance. You yeah, sucked. I you mean, didn't do, you didn't do shit. That's tough because at the time, I I really was like kudosing Rick Hahn and saying like that was a move to try to win now, and and I will never fault ownership or GMs for trying to win now when you're in yeah. like that mode. But it backfired. Like I it, would much rather have Nick Madrigal right now than Caesar Hernandez, and and like it's tough because we're in need of a second baseman now and yeah well we'll get we'll get more into the Sox talk when when the south side bum comes back from assignment um but again so was that they declined they or they declined to give a qualifying offer to Rodon so he is no longer going to be on the White Sox they already announced they're going to move Kopech to the starting rotation so uh thank you Rodon for all the years I wish you could have stayed healthy and gave us your full potential but uh, hopefully he gets a nice little offer somewhere. Um, he will. I mean, he's yeah. gonna get he's gonna get offered something crazy, and yeah. I just don't know if he's worth it with his no. history. His, of it's his arm injuries. It's his arm history is too risky. And then the Cubs yeah. picked up uh, Wade Miley, Millie, whatever his name is, off of waivers yeah, from the Miley. Reds, which was shocking that they they actually released him. But uh, so Cubs get a nice little little starting pitcher in their rotation now. So it's a good pickup. Uh, 
yeah, free hot stove will be heating up here in uh, in the very near future. So let's hopefully the the short the second baseman and shortstop market is going to be loaded with premium talent. And Dodgers got rid of Kershaw. That's very very shocking as well. Um, end of an era there in LA and the Bulls. Um, two losses against Philly this week, but I can't say that they didn't look. They were able to hang with probably the best team in the East. They hung with them the entire, both of those games could easily have won both of those games. So in two losses, I still like what I saw from the Bulls. I think it was a learning process for them. I think uh, Zach mentioned it after the second game against Philly is they're going to learn from these games. The one thing I'm worried about, because they can hang with these guys now, it's been shown that they are um, at least comparable to the top of the Eastern conference. The only problem is their depth worries me. Um, They are very, very good one through six. But then after that, um, I think there's a lot of teams in the East that are um, deeper. So it'll be interesting. We just hope we, we lost Patrick Williams, which is a tough loss because um, they were expecting big things, especially on defense from him. Like it's a long season and you just can't afford any injuries right now because the Bulls are good and I'm happy and they're competitive, but it seems like they're going to be, there's going to be a stretch where they're going to be just taxed because of the lack of depth. I actually, um, I actually disagree. I actually like their depth. I think the problem that they're going to have is rebounding depth. The only the only like rebounder that they have on their team, solid rebounder, is Tony ba- uh, Tony Bradley. Besides Vooch, which you know he gets most of his rebounds because of height, but Tony Bradley will work for his rebounds. They're completely undersized uh, when it comes to like Javante Green, um, and you're you know talking about Derek Jones Jr. I mean these guys are hustle guys. They're gonna outplay their height, but you know, it's going to come a point where once they play bigger lineups, they play small ball a lot. You know, when they play bigger lineups, we saw it against like Philly. Um, we saw it against New York. I mean, they just got out rebound all these games. They got out rebound, which equals second chances, which equal more shots, which equal more points given up. So um, I don't, I actually like the rotation. I think they, you know, I like IO, you know, backing up Caruso at point guard. I think they got a nice solid point guard rotation. You still have to remember that we have Kobe White's offense potentially be coming back. back. Yeah. Um, so I think that offense is pretty good. Um, but and I think honestly, they should probably use Kobe White as a trade piece for um for some rebounding. I, I think yeah. a guy like uh Neural Nur, what is his name? Nur- 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 Noel. Yeah, Noel, uh, Noel would be like perfect for that that Bulls team. You know, somebody who can hustle, yeah. do the dirty work, pick up some boards, dish. That's it. Don't need them scores because I think we have plenty of scores, and I think it's because they can play with DeRozan and Zach. They can you know sit them at different points and still not lose any offense. So I don't think that the rotation necessarily is going to be the problem. I think it's going to be rebounding. It's it, it's pretty rough right now, and I think we haven't seen the worst yet, but we will. Yeah, so shout out Johnny, shout out Southside Bum. He's been talking about that since game one. Is they need to either hopefully make a trade or do something to um, fix their height, basically, because they are undersized in most games. So yeah, you nailed it. Um, and he's been talking about that for a couple podcasts now. Um, but yeah, like it, it's either way, height or not, it's still fun, man. I'm having fun watching these games. It's something we haven't seen since the, you know, like Noah, Rose, dang days. Um, so I'm excited for this season. Well, they have the offense to never be out of a game. They can right. continue to You've shoot seen themselves it. back into it. Yeah. yeah. So there's 16 they're always point. Yeah. 16 point leads, 15 point leads. They, they just claw back. And yeah, it's instant offense at some points with uh, DeRozan and Zach. Yeah. Um, so Bears obviously did not play they, on Sunday. Um, they obviously they play Monday Night Football in Pittsburgh. Peter, you and the wife are going to that game. But I want to make a statement in saying that despite the Bears not playing today, I was annoyed at every fucking NFL game that was on my television today. At any time they cut in the red zone, I don't think I've ever been more annoyed on a Sunday without Bears football. And all those what what the hell went on in week nine today, man? Like this no. was this was the bizarro football world. If I ever seen it, you got fucking just 
Cowboys getting nearly almost shut out going into the fourth quarter against the Broncos. You got Josh Allen sacking Josh Allen, intercepting Josh Allen, fumbling Josh Allen, Josh Allen recovering. It's the Josh it's Allen the, bowl and it's the, the fucking spider, Jaguar. It's, 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 it's the Spider-Man spider meme <laughs> pointing at each other. Josh Allen and Josh Allen. Like, what the fuck? You got you – got, my God, Jordan Love is not an NFL quarterback. What a fucking bum he was. The, Thank God. I mean, yes, Seriously. finally, Green Bay gets to feel our misery. A fucking what? I got nothing on that. I, I don't know. Where I was going with that. Anyways, <laughs> but bum. You, you're you're fucking a bum. bum. I mean, Devontae Adams getting he he killed Devontae Adams in fantasy. Killed Aaron Jones. I mean, just talk about a whole bunch of fuckery today. That that was so that- football. We've gone back and forth all day, Jason, uh, via text saying this week felt weird. Even before the game started, I said, this is a fucky week. And it was. There's always that one week a year in the NFL season where I remember, I think it was last year or two years ago, was um, I think it was two years ago where every favorite covered and won, which like never happens. And then last year there was another fucking and this this is it, man. I mean, obviously, yeah, two, 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 fav- two favorites in the 12 o'clock games covered the Rams. The Rams are getting shellacked right now. I didn't expect that. I thought the Rams you I had the you Titans had the Kyler Murray. The, the whole fucking Cardinals offense was was out today. Colt McCoy, it, Colt, Colt McCoy, McCoy fucking dominates the 49ers when the Bears couldn't even do that. I mean, I don't know. Like I said, I don't think I've ever been more annoyed in a football week than what I've witnessed. Even even the Browns and Bengals game, I thought that was going to be a close game. I thought they were really going to like duke it out. Freaking. Obviously the Browns are better without OBJ. And, and we kind of all knew that we've all knew, known that for a season and a half, but Holy shit, 41 points against the Bengals. And I can't get a read on Joe Burrow. He's awesome. One week he's bad. The next week, I think that's more Cincinnati fault and not his fault, but yeah, like we said, it's just been a fucky, fucky week. I think the uh, I, 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 we'll talk about it later because I think we're going to talk. We'll preview the Bears Steelers game, but hopefully the the quote unquote fucky week benefits us. Yeah, I uh, well, first of all, fuck Joe Burrow. He killed me in fantasy with his seven <laughs> points. So I'll say that I, I didn't um, mind it. I was I was playing him in a couple of leagues, so I, I didn't mind the, the Joe Burrow, especially the Jamar Chase dud today oh, too that helped me. i i just saw something too it was like on uh i saw something on instagram that was like the under underdogs were just killing it today and if you had like a hundred dollar parlay on the browns giants falcons broncos and jags uh the payout would have been like 58 grand if yeah <laughs> <laughs> hold, hold on i got go ahead so, keep going it was ridiculous something like crazy like that you know and i i i actually bet on all the opposite teams, uh, money line for all those teams to win. So I was like, oh, for five on all those. <laughs> so. I didn't, I did an eight, eight leg parlay for the noon games. And I only out of the eight games, I only hit two. That that's how <laughs> fucked up this week was. I mean, but we, but the bears are in Pittsburgh bears historically do good in Pittsburgh. The last time we were there eight years ago, they won and made my heart happy. Um, it didn't make Peter's wife so much happy, but we celebrated at McFadden's and the casino and that was, a, that was a fun night. Um, so I'm, I'm thinking that maybe Justin Fields can, uh, do a little shock the world here on primetime bears. So here's, here's the thing I will say. I'm excited. Um, the bears have been, are three and oh, and have covered each game that Julie and I have been to. So I'm undefeated, and I you're feel the, like a good luck charm. This, you should be on the sidelines every like, week, dude. I feel like this "quote unquote" fucky week is benefiting the Bears. I do think the Steelers are the better team, and we have a history of not showing up on prime in primetime games. But the Steelers can be beat, especially this season. Their defense is good. And I have no faith of anybody in the offensive line covering TJ Watt or, or, or stopping TJ Watt. But I still think even with our defense that hasn't shown up the last two and a half weeks, and even with our rookie quarterback, there's a way the Bears win this game. And especially because I feel like 
every freaking NFL team besides three is like, you know, four and five, five and four. Like, like it, there's like a clusterfuck of teams. And I just feel like so, there's some way where the Bears find their themselves in this clusterfuck. Yeah, I, I'll say the only the way that they beat the Steelers. Okay. If Montgomery's healthy and he plays and they have a dual running back, you know, that duo between Montgomery and Herbert, and they just yep. pound the ball, pound the ball, pound the ball, eat, eat some clock. They, they have a chance. And the other side too, is I, I don't know if Mac is, is, is he back yet? That's the playing? main thing. So that's so what I, I think. He's, I wife. think he's out. I think he's out tomorrow. So, I was going to say, if he's, James. if he's in, then yes. I think him and Quinn just, absolutely destroy that 87 year old mannequin they call a quarterback and uh, that's, that's, the, so. that's the thing that was the thing i had written down is if somehow mac plays him and robert quinn can have a field day against this porous offensive line of the steelers and uh, their offensive line has been bad for the better part of 14 games now i know they started last year what like 11 and 0 and stuff like that but i felt like that was a lot of smoke and mirrors and they've been exposed since then ben has looked older they have a really good receiving core and our secondary is terrible but you can get to that quarterback and that's what they need to do yeah so robert quinn even roquan smith they have to figure out some sort of blitz and and if they can get to ben we can make this a game. Like you said, ball, ball possession and, and and just hopefully, I mean, last week was a little bit of a Justin Fields coming out party. I know they lost, but that wasn't his fault. It was more, more defense fault. If he can get back-to-back weeks like that, we, we're, we're in a good spot. So I just pulled up the list. Uh, Nick Foles out. JP Holtz out. So there goes the game. Damn. Uh, Damian Williams is going to be out. So we're going to see uh, a lot of Herbert if um, Montgomery doesn't Come on, go. Eddie Jackson. Come on, Eddie Jackson. Khalil Mack is out and Eddie Jackson is doubtful. Okay, All I'll right. take the doubtful. That's so, good enough for me. You know what the thing that is? Though, the Mac. The, the well, Mac, Mac I would say, I would say, uh, yeah, Mac hurts, but I'm going to call it. I'm going to call it now. Uh, Gibson might have a, a breakout game. Tomorrow night. I like that. All that right. line All is right. All right. Pittsburgh's line is awful. It's it's probably just as bad as ours, if not worse. Um, and I think if they stuff the run and they stop Harris and they force him to throw, they're I think Gibson is actually gonna have a breakout game uh because they'll be busy covering Quinn. I like it. So if you're listening to this podcast that when it drops Monday morning, this is a Bears preview. If you listen to it on Tuesday or Wednesday of this week, it's Pretty much either a prediction or very ice cold take. <laughs> one, one way or another, I will be drunk in Pittsburgh. <laughs> well, let's you are about, doing a bus- you are doing a business trip, my friend. Yeah, let's it talk a, about that. Let's talk about the more yeah. important things because that game is going to be rough. Where are you going to eat, man? Where are you stopping by? So like, that's Anti Brothers. No, so that's what I was going to ask you guys. I we've done, Jason. You you were with us last time we did the Pittsburgh tri- trip. Um, we did the Permandy brothers. We did a couple, what was a brewery? And then the, we, we picked up a like Pittsburgh whiskey. Do you remember that? Oh, uh, oh, Wiggle? Wiggle. yeah, Wiggle. Wiggle's good. We, we did Wiggle. We did cool. Permandy brothers. So that's exactly, I felt like you're our hockey insider, but you're also our Pittsburgh insider. What do you got for um, me? We're, hold we're, on. I'm, I'm, is... I'm, he's a Pittsburgh insider, but I'm trumping this one right here. You got to go to Southern tier, dude. Yeah, Go to Southern Tier, tier Southern good. Tier Brewery. Get a flight. They have awesome food there. Okay. And just where that's, is that? Where is it located? It's, 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 it's right by the, the little, stadium. Right yeah, by the stadium. stadium. Yeah, yeah, it's walkable. I mean, you can okay. literally just walk to the stadium. All right. Um, they had. Yeah, I don't no, know if they, I don't know if they still. I don't know if they still have it. When I went there a couple years ago, it was in December, so approximately time. They actually had like a an old old fashioned barreled beer or something like that. Okay. All right. I like this. So, I mean, also, really this, this isn't just my trip. It's my wife. I don't know how much she likes booze. You got any other restaurant recommendations, John? There's there's the stouts there. <laughs> so uh, I'll echo that. Southern Tier is great. I think Southern Tier is a really solid one. 
it's probably not the most like uh, local kind of place, but um, it's good. I mean, Jason's right. I mean, it's a great place, great atmosphere. It's huge, tons of different options, great food. Um, if you're looking for beer, I also recommend Church Brewery. It's actually we, in- we've been there last time. Okay, that's that's yeah. a really solid place. Um, Taco is a really good Mexican restaurant, Mexican American, um, kind of eclectic, but it's it's pretty solid. Uh, Gaucho Barria Argentina, that I would def- I would highly recommend. Just right. tons of just straight meats, man. Meats so I and will like say meats and this bread. Is Injected Jason, meats. Jason, you mentioned it. This is um, a business trip. It's not like a, uh, we're not making a weekend out of it or anything like that. Um, we got a five month old at home yeah. and, uh, we're going to be in and out. So realistically we have a lunch there before the game and then maybe a breakfast there. And then that's it. We're, Ooh. we're out. DeLuca's for breakfast. DeLuca's for breakfast. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that's where yeah. we went last time, Peter, for breakfast. I don't remember. Yeah, DeLucas is actually, yeah, DeLucas is pretty good. Actually, if you're in the mood for pancakes, Pamela's. Okay, I'm right. Pamela's is probably by far my favorite pancake house just anywhere. They have like these really big plates that are like this big and the pancake is just takes up. It's almost like a crepe. Um, It's thicker than a crepe, but it's, uh, man, just a great pancake. So I would would definitely say if you're in the mood for pancakes, go to... um, Go to Pamela's or Waffles. Um, Waffles and Caffeinated is another good spot. Like we both you like pancake stacking motherfucker. Yeah, I will say before before we get off this topic, we should have mentioned it before. Um, John, you're our, I like to say like our fourth or you know like our backup Chicago sports bomb and stuff. Whenever Johnny's not here and stuff like that, but you you yeah, but you've spent a lot of time in Pittsburgh, right? How how many years did you live there? I lived there for five years. Yeah, so we you got you we we got good expertise both both sides of the town. Yins don't yeah. even know the half. Yins. Yeah, I yeah. last time I was in Pittsburgh was uh 2000 end of 2018 February. I went for for training at a job I just went. They sent me there for three days. I went with my boss at the well my my new boss and every day he wanted to like do you want to go off do you want to go out for dinner you want to go I'm like. No, motherfucker, I want to go do my own shit, man. I want to go to places that I want to eat, and I don't want to be talking shop when I'm out there. And I'd rather be lone wolf at the bar by myself, like, striking up talk with the locals and getting some food. Jason, I forgot you've been there. Yeah, and just getting shit-faced on my own accord and not in front of my new boss. So I was like, I'm going to Southern Tier. I'm getting a flight. I'm getting drunk, and I'm not doing it in front of my new boss. And I'm I'm sorry. I'm going to cordially decline your, your invite. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed thoroughly, I thoroughly enjoyed bumming around Pittsburgh for three days. It's a great town, man. I I, I mean, we love it. It is. I mean, and if you get a chance to Lawrenceville is probably like a really cool spot. If you just want to walk around and just grab, you know, find food by surprise or find a bar by surprise. So Lawrenceville is actually a pretty cool area to, to do all that. Not too far from the stadium too. So I will say the second time I was last time I was there and maybe it was just a location, but the uh, wings at Quaker Steak and Lube did not did not hit the same they did the first time. I don't know if it's not yeah, great. I never I didn't yeah. like it either. It's not I, great. Yeah. It, and like there's one what like right off of the Indiana border. Like we don't have to go that far to get them. I just no. don't think it's worth it. Like it's not. Uh, it, actually, I ate there and I was like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I I don't I I don't love Quaker Steak and I don't love uh Permanis either. I think Permanis is over. Blaster me, you're that's it. Yeah, no, 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 get out of here. Yin's your band. Here. No, you gotta yeah, go to no. the unless you go to the one in the strip. Hey, if thanks, thanks for coming, John. Strip, it was it was uh... <laughs> Yeah, we appreciate your effort. Lucky's is wrong. Lucky's is better. Bump. Okay, Bump I like Lucky's, week. but yeah, I'm I don't a, I'm still... I love Lucky's. It's it's Lucky's like is better. Probably my favorite sandwich in the city. Here's here's my thing with Permanis. Permanis is undoubtedly the easiest predictable thing that you can eat you look at the menu and it's exactly what it tastes like you know it's just like there's no like you know it's just like bread meat that's like what the the menu says and you're getting bread and meat yeah fries slaw that's it it's just no there's nothing to it It, there's it's nothing special i think it's overrated but 
I mean, I lived there for a while and I, I would, I would say the majority of the locals would agree with me on that one too. Unless you go to the one in the strip, that one is, uh, that one's I will the say, legit one. I'm excited. What, what is the, uh, iron city beer or Ugh. like iron city light? You don't Ugh. like it? No, it's I, for I some mean, reason. Uh, maybe it's because I'm a sucker. Every you, I only had it once. Every, every, Natty Light on us. Once, it's once every, it's basically what it is. It's shitty, yeah. It's like, like once every once every like old, eight years. I mean, I, I love old style. So you know, don't get me wrong. I love old style, but it's it's worse than old style. And yeah. Once like every eight style, years, I just gorge <laughs> myself on Iron City Lights or whatever. I mean, you could have thirty of them because the alcohol content yeah. like two point seven. Yeah. So you're you're probably pretty good. Uh, Peter, no, I will probably. I will probably so ask you though, myself. even if, even if you don't uh, go and eat there, I might have to have you swing in and get me a Southern tier t-shirt. I could do a Southern. Uh, yeah. I'll get you whatever you need. Just, you know, yeah. Venmo, whatever works. Yeah. Um, yes. That being said, the more, I don't know if I want to say this in public because our plan was to listen to this podcast back while we're driving down in a couple of hours, basically. Um, the most excited I am for this trip is to stop by Ohio. Jason, we've talked about it. Ohio is a liquor controlled state, and I plan on hunting down all kinds of wellers there. Um, I am on the way back, that. basically. So I, uh, shout out. I tried to do some guys... recon today myself. Um, my, my future sister-in-law was in Kentucky for a wedding, and I sent her a picture. I said, please go to the closest liquor store on your way back and see if there's a bunch of wellers on the shelf and alas there was not so hopefully ohio. you have some better you have some better luck in ohio i will be able to find some I'm, i'll be hunting antique 107 and i won't i won't come back until i find at least a couple bottles in ohio because shout out ohio they know how to do things right it's liquor controlled everything's online you could you could find it and you like it's illegal to mark it up so i i don't like ohio as a whole cleveland can go fuck themselves columbus can go fuck themselves but they they know how to control their liquor yeah it's an awful state but if you find a bottle let me know yeah <laughs> i mean Ven, the venmo is open i'll be i'll be <laughs> hunting on the way back for sure all right you're gonna be like the you're gonna be like the homer with the hot dogs i'll take 10 <laughs> exactly <laughs> All right, you guys want to you want to bump some people here? Let's do it. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm gonna. I, I want to start first because I wanted to actually bring this up as a segment, but it it didn't get brought up. And Peter, I was gonna I was gonna bum you for telling me that to not bet on Thug Rose at Saturday night for UFC, but I, 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 I fucked just, up, man. I, I should up. I should just I should just follow my own instinct, you know, and not get talked out of bets. That was just my my own undoing for not following my gut on that. Um, but I love Thug gonna, Rose. We talked about yeah. well, before you bum, whoever you're going to bum. I love Thug Rose. And my whole reasoning behind that is I didn't think Zhang would lose twice in a row, uh, but she did. And I, I even texted you and I was like, when, if we like parlay this, I'm going to be happy if we lose because Thug Rose is that awesome. And she is. Thug Rose is Thug Rose. Daniel, shout out Daniel Cormier. Yeah, she's she's amazing. Yeah. Um, okay, so who am I bumming? Well, I'm gonna have to bum Travis Scott and Astro World. Bum him to the world. Bum to the world. I don't if you guys didn't hear he at his music fest over the weekend in Houston, um, that was a whole bunch of bunch of chaos over there. You had Eight people who got killed at that music festival while he was still performing on stage. You had security guards getting jabbed in the neck with syringes. I mean, what the hell is going on over there at these music? Like, I, I as someone who's been to a lot of music fest when I was back in my promoting days, I will say unequivocally that I believe that any music festival should be 21 and over because you get a lot of these kids who can't handle their drugs or they get drunk. They don't know how to act and violence starts and all that stupid shit. But even that you shouldn't, I don't know how people are stabbing security officers with syringes. And then you get and eight people are getting like tramp trampled on or overdosing. I don't, I didn't see like how everyone, you know, passed away, but um, just the fact that eight people died at that fest all while Travis Scott was still 
rapping on stage and and the fans in the stands were saying stop the show stop the show and he kept going that's just a whole at that whole enterprise there is a, and they got hit with the lawsuit today that's my what a bum for the week i mean what a bum for the month maybe what a bum for the year it is one yeah a tragedy two so un i mean so avoidable I, we've been john i think you you're in the same camp i am we've i've been to hundreds of concerts i've been to punk concerts i've been to rock concerts i've been to pop punk concerts um there is almost like a set of codes like unwritten rules basically like baseball when you're in a mosh pit of how you act and how you don't act and and that goes across all the genres of music basically and this was basically a tragedy and it's like people don't know how to act it's terrible um I've seen Jason, like you said, like the syringes thing, like it seems like that was like conspiracy theory. Other people saying like people are just swarming the stage and people got trampled regardless. It's avoidable. And that's the sad thing about this. I, I know it came out in the news uh, today that like it, two kids from Naperville were among the eight people that died. And it's just so one tragic and two avoidable. It just, at some point, you just got to look like, I mean, we're we're all on the same team here, whether it's a concert or, or a sports show or whatever it is, is like, look after your fellow man or like man and woman. Like, you're all, we're all there to have fun. Yeah, It's fucking brutal, man. It's sad. Yeah. I mean, you're right. That unwritten rule is just like, it's, Mosh pits, you know, everything goes, whatever, have fun. But as soon as somebody gets hurt, yes, fucking stop and yes. make sure that person is so, okay. And so I've seen that every single yes. concert I've been to. Yes. It's, it's as soon as somebody falls, you pick them up. And as soon as somebody's hurt, you get them help. That's it. That's that, it. Like, that's all you have to do. And like, obviously everyone there is there to have fun. This was tragic so jason you're absolutely right in bumming travis scott yeah. to the moon and it's not just travis scott because obviously he has a history so of, of this kind of well, stuff. yeah in 2019 the management company it's the it's the security company it's the yeah. venue it's whatever everyone else everyone's culpable well he kept yeah. playing he kept playing yeah yeah he kept remember, playing. do you guys remember remember when dave grohl stopped his yes his so concert yeah. for i'm glad you getting, mentioned that like, because with autism dave was, grohl's done it Freaking Adele has done it. Lady Gaga has done it. And it doesn't matter what genre of music. There is a, a precedent to this where, like, if you see someone hurt or if you see something going on, the Green Day's done it. Or even, like, uh, I saw The Offspring, like, basically attack a guy because he was groping women while they were crowd surfing. And The Offspring saw this, and they're like, fuck this guy, go get him, which yeah. was, like, kind of like a purge way of going about things but <laughs> rightfully so like like realistically like if you're the artist you have the power to do this kind of stuff exactly and travis travis scott obviously didn't yeah and like i was saying they didn't do it last year because of covid but in 2019 there was numerous numerous incidents as well of this so whatever if this this fest goes forward, which I can't imagine that it goes forward, especially now with these lawsuits that are coming down with against him and Drake, I I mean, I I don't see how this this can go forward. And if it does, they need to like get a whole new management team and whole new crew, the new protocols in there because that shit can't happen ever again. Where you go to a, you go to a fest and with especially when there's like fourteen and sixteen year old kids there and yeah. and and they're in teenagers are dying in this shit like you can't have that so they're they're my bums of the whole month i guess you could say and then and then my my mvb for the month i'm gonna keep it nice here it's gonna be peter because he's gonna bring me home all the bourbon from ohio and that's it <laughs> you you were time out you were about to bum me last week if, if people listen to last week's show i was able to get a bottle of high west mid summers or midwinter's night dram and then you got it a day later. And I was ready to hunt for you. But yes, if you're going to MVB early, now I got to find some bottles. I, I will be fine. I have I have faith in you. I have of faith o in my. Of OWA. 
Yes. Shout out Ohio Liquor Control because they have a website and you can find it um, wherever. I, honestly, I'll be I'll be driving straight down all down Ohio and I'll 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 stop as many times as I have to. Yep. All right, John, who do you got? Who's your what a bum? Oh, I have two if if you don't mind. It's been a while Go since indulge us. Yep. So first one I got, I think it's kind of a no-brainer. I got Karen Rogers as uh the bum of the week for uh is that, is that because, Aaron Rodgers yeah, alter Karen ego Rogers. or is that his wife Karen Rodgers you fucking Karen, stole my joke Karen was- Rodgers I posted it <laughs> I posted it earlier on Instagram what a bum what a bum and listen I don't want to get all into the vaccine you know who should take it who should not. I think everyone should get it you know I'm on that side so whatever but the fact that this dude had the balls to go on on McAfee's show and say I did like you know 500 pages of research talk to all these doctors and then he consults Joe Rogan on how to be COVID like (laughs) that's what he really was growing his hair out for he was he was growing it out it wasn't for the John Wick costume it was to grow it out and get the Karen cut yeah get the Karen cut so that's my I can't believe it that's my one, my one bum of the week. The other one, uh, man, I'm going to go, I'm going to keep going at this dude is uh, Tom Ricketts. He canceled the Cubs convention this year. Dude, I'm of, pissed off too with the Sox of, convention getting uh, canceled. Out of fear from COVID, but hey, filling up a stadium with 40,000 people, totally Thank okay. You. Thank uh, you. But let's, let's, you know, let's, let's not have this convention because he doesn't want to face the fans. Let's face it. It's not no. because of COVID. Two things. Doesn't want to face the fans that do show up because the second thing is who the fuck is going to show up to the Cubs convention this year anyway? I mean, they're already talking about frugally spending their 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 load. So, no, I'm yes. I'm happy you said that, John, because my first year as a season ticket holder and they cancel Sox Fest and they same thing because of COVID. So what you're telling me that we can pack, you know, the United Center for Bulls and Hawks games. You can have the stadium packed for for Sox playoff games but we can't do the Hyatt, you know, downtown or whatever it's going to be. I mean, just, I don't know what their reasoning is. If they don't want to do like the whole Q and a of like, are we going to spend money? Why'd you do this move? Why'd you do that move? But yeah, it's, I think it completely, you know, double standard of how you can say, well, we can pack a stadium for money, but we're not going to do any of the fan conventions. Complete. Yeah, it's a joke. Opinion, and I mean, honestly, complete, complete joke on that. Do do what you do for Bulls and, and Hawks games. Ask for vaccination or negative COVID result. That's literally what yeah. they're doing for any indoor game right now in their full capacity. Yeah, I I, I don't get it, but whatever. Yeah, so my first my first year as a season ticket holder, and I and I can't partake in any of those festivities because of whatever behind the scene reason they want to say because it ain't COVID. I'm going to tell you that. Yeah. So well, you got you got an MVB for us. I do. I got uh, Brian Dabble, the offensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, earlier this week, saw some reports coming out saying that the Bears are all already internally looking to replace Matt. Give it Maggie. to me. Give it to me. And I'm they were already looking at Brian Dabble, who has you know done some great things with Josh Allen. Uh, the Buffalo Bills offense has been a top six top seven offense in the, uh, in the league since he's been there as the offensive coordinator. So I'm giving him my most valuable bum because as soon as this news broke, he decided, he decides to have his team lay an egg and put up six points. Cause he wants nothing to do with coming <laughs> to Chicago. So bravo. Let Brian the conspiracy, conspiracy theories begin. <laughs> bravo. My man, don't, don't come. This is a shit show. This is a, a shit train that is going nowhere. Uh, Ryan Pace is getting promoted to, God damn it. Uh, you know, president, president of, of football of the, of the Bears. Yeah, you know, and Brian Dabble's like, you know what? I'm good. Let's just kick a He's, couple field goals. Watch Jackson. Watch next week. He puts he he says, you know, we should really start Mitch Trubisky. This. <laughs> <laughs> I think Mitch is the Perfect. right guy to lead the Bills offense for the rest of the season. Josh Allen, your bench. We want this Mitch guy in. Yep. Perfect. I love Brian Dable. I, I, God damn it. I've been talking about him on the podcast six months, maybe. I mean, even before the, when the bills were in the playoffs. Uh, yeah, he's my number one. If, 
the Bears are hiring a new head coach, which is it's gonna happen, right? I mean, hashtag fire Nagy. Needs to. It has it has to happen. But John, don't put that juju on us if he if he's he's tank he's tanking just not to come to the Bears. That's some fucked up shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would too, wouldn't you? I don't blame him. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Peter, give us your give us your. All right. All right. So I got I got my. I had two bums. My first one was literally Karen Rogers. Um, you you stole my joke. It's uh freaking Aaron Rodgers for basically treating Joe Rogan as science, which makes I mean we'll talk about this on a different podcast. Maybe I'll bum Joe Rogan, but Joe Rogan is a freaking problem to 14 to 55 year old males that treat him as the freaking preacher or gospel or whatever he is. He's a goddamn stand-up comedian that turned MMA commenter and reality TV show host. But for some reason, for for some reason, people treat him as gospel. And I and I get it. Don't get me wrong. There's a there's um there's a there's a really good reason where like I, I'm okay with counterculture stuff like that you should be questioning things and stuff like that. But Joe Rogan basically brainwashes white men. Basically, <laughs> I, I didn't want to say like I didn't I, I didn't want to make the thing, but it, it is that's what it, it is. is. So yeah, my bum of the week is Aaron Rodgers, Joe Rogan, and anybody that listens to Joe Rogan and treats him as gospel because I I listen. Whenever he has a good interview, he had a really great interview with Quentin Tarantino a couple of months back, which I really liked and stuff like that. So I like his podcast and I like what he does, but people really treat him as if he's he's like the Bible and stuff like that. And that's where things get hashtag quote unquote fucky. We've been talking about that. Well, he's like literally like the older Steve brother the of fuckery. Yeah, he's like the older brother of any like stoner white dude that goes to Oakland High School. And he like hangs yes. out with the, the, you know, with, with this younger high yes. school brother and, you know, he's just, you know, pumping gas and just, you know, talking. That's shit. what I like about high that's, school girls. That's a, <laughs> I get older. They stay the same age. <laughs> that is Joe Rogan to a T that's yeah. who he is. And it's funny. And like, I get it. Like I get like why people like listening to him because he, he is like, he has his moments where he's funny, but Man, I 100% agree. Like, if you're taking this, anything that dude is saying as like gospel and like that's what you're following, you're following the book of Joe Rogan, like, fuck off. Yeah. And my second, all right, Peter, take us home. All right, no, hold. I got one more bum. And I think we're all in agreement. Scotty Pippen, shut the fuck up. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I I forgot to bring this up, man. You said you were going to have some comments on Scotty Pippen. Shut the fuck up, Scotty. That, that, those are my comments. Shut (laughs) the fuck up. I agree. Shut the fuck up. Uh, Stop ruining your legacy. It's Batman and Robin, and there is a you have a role, and it's Robin. You 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 can't be Batman. Michael Jordan is Batman, Superman, Spider Man, Captain America. He's all of the above wrapped into one. And for some reason, now at his old age, he's bitter and he's sour, and he's writing this book and, and i know he didn't come off great as the, in the last the last dance but there's a reason you didn't come off great you weren't that great man like he was awesome he's he's one of the best what 50 players of all time he served his purpose yeah. but he, he just comes off as so salty and so bitter and so like sour about everything and dude there's a reason michael jordan is michael jordan I, I won't say one bad thing about Michael Jordan, and maybe that's to a fault. But Scotty Pippen, shut the fuck up. That's all well, I keep saying. Shut the fuck up. Trying to sell I mean, a book, man. Yeah, I mean, look at right before his bourbon came out, he's Phil Jackson's a racist. Fuck that his... bourbon. No, fuck that bourbon, dude. That thing, sixty-five, seventy dollars marked up. That thing, I'll I'll take Wild Turkey One Hundred One a hundred times out of a hundred compared to. No, I'm I'm just saying though. But right before his bourbon, you know, it was Phil Jackson was a racist, you know, and now it's his book, and you know, Michael Jordan's an 
asshole and John Paxson cried or whatever all his yeah. negatives. Well, like his big thing was like Michael Jordan is a bad teammate. One, he was a great teammate. He fucking won. That's all that matters is winning. We talked about it earlier is winning cures everything. Yes, he might have punched Steve Kerr and he might have been kind of a dick, but he wins. That's all that matters is winning. And I, I, I don't know, like was it the last dance that like really soured him on Michael Jordan? I, it must have been. Yeah. But like, you can't say Michael Jordan is a bad teammate when you piss and cry and moan when, when Tony Kukoc gets the last shot of a game and you refuse to get surgery when it benefits the team and you, you'd say you quote unquote, don't want to fuck up your summer. You're the bad teammate, dude. Like yeah. what? What are we talking about? Yep. Yep. All right. Well, I think we ranted enough right here. Um, right. It was, a, it was an hour. It was an hour of fuckery. We keep going. My MVB, real quick. My MVB, shout out Canelo. He's single-handedly yes. keeping, he's single-handedly keeping boxing alive. And the best thing I saw out, out of Saturday night was Dana White watching the Canelo fight while he had one of his biggest pay-per-views of the year going. So what does that say about the UFC when he, in his press conference, said he bet 100000 on Canelo KOing? And I, I we, we talk about it all the time, Jason, like boxing is a dying sport. Canelo is single-handedly keeping it alive. And I don't know why I keep saying Canelo. It's Canelo. I, for some reason the whitewash in me is keep saying Canelo. It's Canelo. He's from Guadalajara, Jalisco, Mexico, my hometown. I, my dad loves him. My tios love him. Everything, everything about Canelo is awesome. If you guys go on his Instagram, he loves golf. I need to golf with Canelo. That's this is, I'm going to clip this. I'm going to say next time he's in Chicago, we need to golf that he won't. He listened to me. He's worth freaking billions at this point, but I'm shooting my shot right now. There you go. Yeah. I agree, man. Him and King Ryan, the only two boxers I'll be watching. Yeah, shout out Ryan Garcia. Yeah, because he, what, he got hurt. He, he hurt his hand, right? So yeah. his last fight was fault. Like, they're single-handedly keeping the sport alive. Yep. All right, guys, we got to wrap it up there. This hour of fuckery is finally coming to an end. So thank you, everyone, who stuck through all of our ranting today. I don't know if there was much good that we talked about, but if there was, hopefully you'll find it and it'll brighten your day a little bit bring a little sunshine to your life but thank you cousin john for joining us again it's a pleasure yeah. having you back thank you guys we'll have the south side bum back peter enjoy your trip hopefully the bear you go four and oh on on your bears games I'm rooting for, rooting for your your juju i'm rooting for your your it's bourbon good. hunting and we'll catch you guys all next week have a good one good night good night good night